History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K Praise. Welcome, Biblical Citizens. There is so much to talk about the COVID vaccine now that it's being rolled out. There are things we all need to know about this experimental vaccine. We are being told it is safe, but is it? How do they define safe? We're being told as if it is effective, but what do they mean by that? We've been told since the beginning of the shutdown that it will end the pandemic, but now we're being told it will not, and the shutdown and mass will continue. This is really unbelievable. What about side effects of the shot? Will it be mandated? Can it be legally mandated? We're going to discuss these different aspects of the COVID vaccine today and answer some of these questions. I'll report some of my findings that I've been looking into over months and even years, and we will talk with attorney Letitia Pepper of Riverside on vaccine law and some of her experiences as an attorney and activist. Brian and I met Letitia at a potluck at the home of a mutual friend. I was very impressed that she brought with her a box of activist materials, including an informative sheet quoting the laws against forced vaccines to hand out to people and share on the Internet. We've been using that flyer to hand out to people and share on the Internet. Anyone can request a copy if you email us at biblicalcitizen at gmail.com, and we will also post it on our Facebook page. Letitia grew up in a Marine Corps family, so I assume she moved around quite a bit. She has a bachelor's degree in English, and she has a law degree from Hastings College of Law. She practices business and public law. She's also founded the Highland Neighborhood Watch, where she resides in Riverside, and she's run for city council in Riverside. Good morning, Letitia. How are you today? Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Well, before we get into the vaccine rights, which you're going to be telling us about and how people can say no, just tell us briefly about some of your experiences standing up to the government. And you've really been an activist in this regard. Uh, I know you had a, an incident with the city council and you've done other things to stand up. She also adv- advised someone about their employer that they had rights. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I have had some interesting experiences. I was arrested at a city council meeting because I and my neighbors were applauded, applauding each other's comments that were negative about our how our city was being run. And the good thing that came out of that was that the city, after we sued them, was forced to stop telling people they could not applaud at the end of each speaker. Um, and that also means people are also allowed not only to applaud, but you can boo and stamp your feet and demonstrate how you feel at city council meetings. You just can't disrupt the meeting. But if you do it in between speakers, that's not disruption. So um, That was very much of a bullying tactic, I think. 
yeah, oh, you yeah. were not disrupting the meeting. That's not against no. uh, any any. You know, that's not causing a problem. That's just suppressing your free speech. And then to go to the to the lengths of actually arresting you. I mean that. So I am so happy that that was settled in your favor. Uh, but we see a lot of bullying going on on the national level with big tech. Oh, They're yeah. censoring people just the, and they are especially censoring people that want to tell about the risks of vaccines. And could it maybe be because Google and Facebook are heavily invested in, in vaccine uh, stock. They own a lot of the stock in these companies. So course they don't want people to know about yeah. informed consent that's true twitter just said it's taking if anybody says anything negative about vaccines they're removing it so isn't that interesting you can say all the positive things you want about vaccines and you can say as much as you want say anything questioning them and you get removed so obviously there is an agenda at work and the people who own these big tech companies and own Facebook, um, that they have a vested interest in suppressing information that does not enrich them. Well, and it's interesting that the news is getting out anyway. Uh, there are many different people arising up to try to inform people like yourself, and I think that's great. So tell us about the laws that are already in place that say that you cannot force anybody to have a vaccine? Well, now one of the problems is that I just found an organization called FACT, factcheck.org. Like you can, you can uh, trust other people to check facts for you. These people are totally not trustworthy. So they are saying that anybody who claims that the Nuremberg Code, which was a law that was adopted after people saw the horrible experimentations that the Nazis did on people in concentration camps, this factcheck.org group is saying that, oh, the Nuremberg Code says nothing about using tested and approved vaccines or treatments on patients. Like, that's okay. No, that isn't true. So the Nuremberg Code basically says that no one can be forced to participate in any kind of medical experiment without their full and informed consent, and they can't be induced to participate through the use of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, coercion, or undue influence. And to me, that means if people say, well, unless you agree to be vaccinated, you won't be able to go to the grocery store. Unless you agree to be vaccinated, you won't be able to travel. That's a form of undue influence or coercion, right? Yeah, so absolutely. That is illegal under the Nuremberg Code. And actually, in California, the Nuremberg Code is in the Health and Safety Code. It was adopted um, back in 1978. And people can find it at section 24170 at SEC of the California Health and Safety Code. Yeah, so it's and right in our state law. Yeah. It's in the state yeah. law. And if you look at section 24171, it specifically says that there is a right of individuals to determine what is done to their own bodies. So if you have the right to determine what is done to your own body, doesn't that include deciding whether you will let someone put something into it with a needle? Of course it does. So we are protected in the California Health and Safety Code, but you're not protected unless you say, no, I will not be vaccinated and I'm going to stand on this existing law. So you have to stand up for yourself. That's really important. You can't just say, well, you know, I'm, I have to go along with it because I'm being told I have to. You have to say, no, 
I have a right to say no, and I'm saying no. Letitia, isn't it also an, an element of the legal aspect that it is truly experimental? We're only eight or nine months into the development. In fact, the so-called experts, when Trump said he was going to develop a vaccine by the end of the year, they all said, based on their experience, no, that's impossible, and most vaccines take eight years between initiation of development and final approval. So isn't isn't the fact that it is so r- rushed to market, what other word is there to put on it, doesn't that make it experimental? And the fact that it's experimental, doesn't that figure into the right not to be subjected to an experimental treatment? Oh, of course. And I would say it's always an experiment because you can have a drug out in the market for many years and until it's been out in a big population of people for a long time, you don't know what all the potential side effects are because things have a different impact on different people depending on their genetic makeup. So, of course, this is all experimental. I One of the things I should talk about is my experiences, not as a lawyer and being arrested, but my experiences as a volunteer and a study for multiple sclerosis drugs. I was in a worldwide study with 2,000 participants and you weren't supposed to know if you were getting the drug or not. But uh, a day after I got the first infusion, I couldn't get out of bed for three days. So I knew I was getting the real drug. And that drug, they were testing it for several years, and it looked like it was going to be helpful in preventing MS from getting worse. And the FDA allowed it to be released after two years instead of they had planned on three years. Well, after it was released, after only two years, three people who had been in the study suddenly dropped dead. So they pulled it off the market again, and they had to figure out what was going on. And then they figured out, well, those people really didn't have multiple sclerosis. They had another kind of problem, but the drug actually made the problem worse for them. So that was after, and they had done years of prior testing on animals. All these, the Nuremberg Code says things have to be tested on animals before they're tested on human beings. So I don't even know what's been been done with this particular vaccination program that they have in mind. Well, they have skipped the animal studies. We know that. And there is this is definitely an experimental vaccine, even more so than 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 common vaccines, uh, because they're using technologies that have never been used before. They're using messenger RNA. And this is from CNN, you know, and the the companies themselves messenger RNA to go into your cells, change your DNA so that your cell turns into an antibody factory. This is bioengineering your genes. You cannot change it back once your genome is altered. And so that's only one of the methods. The second method is using bioengineering to produce uh, adenoviruses and quote DNA that tells the cells to make your, to make coronavirus spike protein and then the third method is where they use genetically engineered insect viruses that they inject into moths and then into you. So do you really want insect, bioengineered insect viruses that they inject into moths to be injected into you? And then the fourth method is using whole-killed viruses, and that's the more traditional method. But that's being produced in China by a Chinese company, Sinovac, and in Russia, a company called Sputnik. And by the way, if you sign up to get a vaccine, you're not necessarily going to be told which one of these methods that they're going to be using or which company that is making it. So this this is really questionable. And uh, 
there are other toxic ingredients that are likely to be in these vaccines, like uh, thimerosal, mercury, aluminum, uh, formaldehyde, and then aborted fetal cells. So you are really taking a risk. The, the, the riskiness of this is not being told at all. And to, to say that it's safe and, vaccine, or safe and effective, that's all they do is repeat over and over, it's safe and effective, it's safe and effective. Don't tell you about any of these risks of using an, an experimental, untested, animal s- study-skipped vaccine that they rush to market uh, in less than eight month when, months when it usually takes more than eight years to develop a vaccine. So uh, it is definite, definitely experimental. They d- have not done the long-term testing, and, and uh, it's just you, you, you experienced yourself in a study how things can go wrong. You can have an unexpected oh, yeah. e- event, and and people can die. So well, we're going to talk more about the side effects. Uh, but anyway, what, uh, I want to ask one other thing, Letitia. Before the break, on the sure. flyer you were handing out, you advertise Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s nonprofit organization. It's called Children's Health Defense dot org. I think people should know about this website. By the way, RFK Jr. is the son of the Robert F. Kennedy, who was President JFK's brother. It's a nonpartisan group. He's a lifelong Democrat, and we don't agree with all the positions on his website on everything. But on vaccines, we he, he is so research-intensive that it's hard to disagree because he, he, he deals in facts. You want to say anything about uh, the Children's Health Defense Org? Well, it's a wonderful organization. You can become a life member for only $10. And because I think they're doing really good work, the more members they have, the more political clout they're going to have. So I would urge people to join the group. You can find it at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash children's health org. And they have great and interesting articles. Once you go online and, and can find their newsletter, they have wonderful, interesting articles. And I've wanted to go to some of their events. Uh, Robert Kennedy lives in Malibu, and they do have a California chapter. And you can actually go to some of their events, find out more about it. He's doing some really amazing work. So we're uh, coming up to the break, and we'll talk some more about that. We're talking about the experimental COVID vaccine with attorney and activist Letitia Pepper, and we'll be right back. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. We are back talking about the experimental COVID vaccine with attorney Letitia Pepper and about the chapter of Robert Kennedy's Children's Health Defense Group here informing people about this COVID vaccine, how experimental it is, how dangerous. Uh, and we are he's trying to warn people. We're trying to warn people. Uh, you can go to their website. You can, it, you can talk to an attorney like Letitia. You can find out what your rights are. You just need to say no if you're not comfortable with this experimental vaccine. So this is getting to be quite a movement, isn't it, Letitia? Aren't you running into a lot of people that are saying no? 
Well, I actually, one of the people I ran into when I was handing out these flyers that tell people about the, um, the I, I don't know, did I mention the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights yet? No, talk that about that. Is, yeah, that's, that is an international treaty, basically, that the United States and many other countries signed. And since 1992, it's been the law for the United States. And Article 7, basically, is the Nuremberg Code. And I've told people, although it does not specifically mention vaccinations, it does forbid making anybody participate in any kind of medical experiment. And every vaccine always has a risk for for individual people. You don't know if you're going to be the one who has the bad side effect or not. So it's always an experiment. Each person who takes a vaccine, it's what my neurologist would have said years ago. She said, N equals one. I go, what does that mean? She goes, N equals one is a study of one person. Just one person taking a drug is an experiment. Just one person having a vaccination is an experiment because people are different and people have different side effects. So the, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, Article 7, is the Nuremberg Code, and it forbids making people participate in any kind of medical experiment. So it by itself also gives people right to say no to any kind of experiment, including with a vaccination that they don't want. And don't they have the right to say that, to quote that and, you know, use that as a backup if their employer requires it or if their airlines or anybody? Uh, And aren't you telling me that I think you mentioned that there are surveys that a lot of healthcare workers are turning down you know, their employers encouraging oh, yeah. them or forcing them or whatever uh, to, to take this vaccine and on the basis that it's not tested adequately. Well, they can refuse it on any basis they like, whether they think it's not adequately tested or whether they believe that their own immune system provides better protection than a vaccine. Um, this has already happened. I ran into somebody who um, told me that she had already been told at work that uh, the, her workplace wanted her and all of her coworkers to be vaccinated. This is just for the flu, not just COVID-19. And she said, no, you don't have a right to vaccinate me. But she didn't know what law gave her the right to say no. So she was very happy to get this flyer so she could tell them it's the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, Article 7. And you can't force people. The California yeah. Health and Safety Code. And the uh, California Health and Safety Code, yep. Well, I just want to so, mention one thing about uh, the laws that are already in California that require children to get vaccinated, though. that's That goes against the Nuremberg Code, and it goes against the California Safety Code, but nobody knows it. And it's unconstitutional, know, isn't it? Well, I don't know if I'd say it's unconstitutional. It's illegal for sure because, hey, if it's in the health and safety code that you can't force anybody to be in a medical experiment, well, you can't force their kids to be in a medical experiment either. I was shocked. I don't have children, so I really hadn't been worried about having to get a child vaccinated in order to go to school. So I was really shocked to discover that this has been illegal to force people to have their children vaccinated in order to have their right. You have in the United States... Every child, whether it's here legally or not, has a constitutional right to a free public education. So So to tell people that their children aren't entitled to their constitutional right to a free public education unless they go ahead and agree to vaccinate them, that's been illegal for years. Shocking. 
Yeah, you know, I was in a big – I worked for two large pharmaceutical companies, and I can't help contrasting the approval process that all drugs go through versus vaccines, which are no less potentially hazardous. As you may know, with drugs, first you have to do animal studies, and everything has to look really good or you don't go to the next stage. Then with humans, you have a phase one small human study – then you go, after that's done, you have a phase two study, and then you have the really large phase three study. This takes years, and then after all this data is compiled and everything's gone really well and the safety profile and so on, it's another one to two years that the FDA assesses the data before you can hope to get FDA approval or FDA clearance. Contrast that with the no animal studies an eight- to nine-month total period for mass vaccinations. They're ready to vaccinate up to 7 billion people with something that's, that is, one, a completely new technology, and two, has happened in no more than nine months. Isn't that, isn't that kind of shocking when you look at it from that perspective? Yeah. And, oh, it, it's extremely yeah. shocking. Uh, well, yeah, just two main points we know that flu vaccines are associated with long-term uh, autoimmune diseases because the government pays out millions of dollars a year a year in the vaccine court which is run by the federal government by the way uh, for people that have filed for damages because a vaccine caused Guillain-Barre syndrome which is a long-term immune disease so uh, we know that there's a link there, and to have only studied this for eight months is just unbelievable because we really don't know the long-term effects. And they can show up years later sometimes, or at least months or, you know, long time later, these long-term effects. And the increase in the amount of, in the number of autoimmune diseases is just uh, exponential in recent years, ever since they've started vaccinating a lot more. And kids get... 72 doses of vaccines by the time they're in junior high. So, uh, and, and the only one more thing in the time remaining, vaccine injuries are much more common than the pharmaceutical industry is telling us. They say, oh, they're rare and it's maybe one in a million. Well, a study in 2010 reports that vaccine injuries are one in 39, not one in a million. This is a a gross discrepancy. Uh, so if it's one in 39 people, that's pretty significant, folks. You know, uh, let me sh- throw out something about the vaccine court. Since 1988, within the last uh, year I checked, they had awarded over $8.8 billion in damages related to vaccine injuries, right? And that isn't even all the people who applied for money. That's just the ones where the court decided, okay, you get the money. Related to that, here's something else interesting. Just in September of this year, the court, for the first time, agreed that a child who had autism, that that poor little girl's autism had been caused by the vaccination she received. That was something that was a shock to the Department of Justice that has worked against letting people get uh, vaccine injury awards. And the doctor that they'd used, Dr. Zimmerman, who had been one of the people testifying that vaccines did not cause autism, he had reversed his position after he did more research and study, and he decided that in a certain percentage or a certain group of kids, they do get autism from vaccines. 
So, and the DOJ fired him. So people can look him up, Dr. Zimmerman. Look up Dr. Zimmerman and autism and vaccine injuries because this is coming out. They do. They can cause autism. Yeah, the, the rate of autism has just exploded in recent years. It used to be one in 10,000 or something like that, and now it's one in 40 or 50. So what's the cause? They don't tell us. And there has been big scandals to do with the research on autism. Uh, Andy, Andrew Wakefield got uh, fired because of it. So they are willing to fire people if they produce science right. that they that it, it, it that they don't like or that so research that people because you can find out a lot on the both sides you know government saying it doesn't cause it and many people saying it does including a lot of parents you know Letitia, one thing i saw on rfk junior's website you're probably familiar with is they reference a study, I think there was more than one study, that compared unvaccinated children with vaccinated children retrospectively looking back and seeing basically how healthy they were, how many diseases they had, how what their state of health was over a period of years. And it found that overall the unvaccinated children were healthier pretty substantially than the vaccinated children. Shouldn't that type of thing raise some questions? It, it should raise, you know, really serious questions. Uh, well, it, in a way, it makes sense. If your own body has to deal with the environment around you, because, you know, God gives us an immune system for a reason. And it's e- intelligent. It's educated. It knows what it needs to do. So the fact that kids who do not have foreign stuff put into their bodies and instead their own immune system is taking care of business for them, it makes perfect sense to me that those children are going to be healthier than ones who have foreign objects or foreign um, materials added to their body. You know what I mean? It just makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. You know, one point Kathleen just asked me to make, another going back to my experience in the pharmaceutical industry, drug trials always use what's called an inert placebo. So an actual, like saline, something that really is, these are generally not the type of placebo control groups that are used with vaccines, if they use any placebo group at all. They use, typically they use an alternate vaccine. And yeah, and so they're measuring adverse effects between the vaccine they're testing for and another different vaccine, which is not a very good, that's not a real control group. That's not good science. So once again, I think we get back to the fact that for, oh, one other point, uh, one other point that I think is important. Under the law of 1986, that law, that uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers were exempt from liability for drugs or vaccines, yeah, that's huge. Uh, they, part of that law was that it was required that manufacturers report every two years to the Health and Human Services Department about any adverse events that it has, have occurred. Do you know how many times they've made that report since 1986? Zero. Yeah. Oh, well, big surprise. So, Letitia, really quickly, uh, because they have no liability, that really affects their incentive, doesn't it? Just real quick. Oh, absolutely. That's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, they have no incentive to, to do safety studying because they're making money hand over fist without doing it. And, and, and they can't get sued. 
So thanks so much, Letitia. This has been really good. Appreciate all your information and your uh, meeting with us today. Thank you for having me. To bless your neighbor, to bless your neighbor this week, become more informed about the COVID vaccine and do your own research and you'll see that it is experimental. It's unproven and know that you have the legal and moral right to say no if you so choose. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibilities Responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K Praise.